podcast my name's rochelle and this is mike hey everybody <laughs> um today we're doing our top 10 transformation scenes yeah i, th- I think it's uh this is uh this kind of cool you know i think we've talked about this for a while haven't we we've been talking about doing this for uh some like time. two months <laughs> yeah yeah and, and we finally did it but yeah <laughs> yeah so uh it's good to uh to have you back rochelle I'm, I'm psyched it's always been fun to have you on and uh i feel like you know you're definitely uh, a big part of this team you know thank you <laughs> and, and matt appreciates you being on too when he can't be on it you know what i mean so he says thank you and he's always like a big fan of of you being on so thanks oh, for, awesome. <laughs> thanks for doing this so um so what have you been up to i know you've been super busy lately um i had kind of like a huge career change well, i mean not really a huge career change because it's been what i've been working for for the past like two years yeah but um i work for this theater in toronto um, it's this indie theater called the Royal Cinema and it's like the best place ever basically. <laughs> and, um, I now am the programming and marketing associate for the programmers. Oh, it's so cool. Which is super fun. Um, my bosses are amazing. They program all of the films at the Royal and, uh, I've like I, I've talked to them about the fact that I really want to learn more about programming. So the first month that they let me in on was October, which was really exciting. Couldn't be could be more perfect than that. Exactly, and uh, yeah, I know it's been really great so far. And um, I also I used to work. Oh, I still work for this feminist film society, the um, Muff, Muff Society, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, before I was just the blog editor, but our founder moved to the UK. So myself and another girl kind of stepped up to the plate and now we're the co-producers. Oh, that's so cool. It's super exciting. Um, it's really nerve wracking because I've never really um, hosted events before in person. <laughs> so uh, we're actually doing one tonight. Uh, we're doing ginger snaps tonight. Oh, cool. Which um, is really- kind of perfect, right? And we might, maybe that might be coming up. We might be uh, talking about so. that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's been really good. It's kind of nerve wracking and it's a lot of new, like challenging experiences, but uh, it's all stuff that I love doing. So that's always the best. <laughs> that's awesome. Very cool. What about at the theater? Just real quick. Tell like what's coming up. Um, like I'll probably I'll try to get this up tonight, but if not, it'll probably be tomorrow, sure. which is what's today the fourteenth. So it'll probably yeah. up the fifteenth. But just for people in Canada who want to go to the theater, what what kind of events do you have planned? Anything cool for Halloween and stuff like that, or around Halloween? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, give us the um, list. <laughs> on on Halloween day, we're doing an American Werewolf in London. Yes. And then Halloween three. Nice. And then we're closing with Prince of Darkness. Oh wow. Um, Rumorg, every month they screen uh, their Cinemacob, and they're doing a 35mm print of Return of the Living Dead on the 22nd. Oh, cool. Um, we also have this program called Neon Dreams, and he is screening a movie that I feel very strongly about, and that is Phantom of the Paradise. Yes, which I'm a big <laughs> fan, thanks to you. Remember, yeah. you told me about it, and I bought it, and I was like, oh my god, this is awesome, so that's great. <laughs> I'm so excited. Every Neon Dream screening I've ever gone to, I've been like blackout drunk and I very much plan to be that drunk. <laughs> oh my God. I wish you got to get some, get your friends to get some video of that night of you. I'd love to see that. That'd be great. Exactly. <laughs> um, we're also doing Carrie. Oh, awesome. Um, I 
think there's a couple of other things. It's kind of oh, our, we're doing a full run of Psycho, so it's playing. Oh all my god, that's of- so cool! <laughs> it's really fun. Oh man. Um, we do like we do a lot of retro screenings, but there's also um, second viewing screenings. Like we're doing a movie called The Gift. Um, there's festivals and stuff like that. There's actually a festival going on right now called the Real Indie Film Festival. Oh, cool! And this is kind of link between music and film. And I unfortunately can't make any of the screenings because Toronto After Dark is running at the same time. Oh my gosh! But um. There's a couple of really interesting ones. There's this one that I wanted to check out called Piss on You, and it's about <laughs> Winnipeg's uh, punk scene. So it sounds really cool. That's cool. Yeah. What have you been up to? Um, just uh, a lot of traveling and stuff. Um, I was down in a couple weeks ago. I was down at Universal Studios uh, Orlando to uh, to see some family, and I got to go to the Hollywood Horror Nights, which I've never been to before. That's so cool. Which was cool. Um, they, you know, they had like I think it was like eight or nine haunted houses, and um, yeah, it was pretty neat. Um, but the thing that drove me nuts, like the, the, the houses itself were great. You know, they did like a Freddy versus Jason one, which was cool. Right. Um, they did, uh, I think they did an insidious one. They did American werewolf in London, which was really cool. Oh, awesome. Um, and they were great and like everything was awesome, but they just run people through like cattle. There's no, like, oh. you know, like in a typical haunted house, they'd put a group of like 10 people through and then they'd break, you know, and let those people go from set to set, you know? Yeah. This haunted house, it's like literally like just go, go, go. So I would be walking and I'd see my brother like a couple feet in front of me get scared and I'd be like, fuck, you know, like he just ruined that scare for me, you know. So it was like there was like no – it was so hard to get scared. Like I got scared a couple times. So I literally would just walk through and be like, wow, it looks cool. But as far as scares goes, it was kind of a bummer, but oh, that sucks. yeah, but it was still fun. You know what I mean? It was cool. We paid for like the fast pass thing. So we didn't have to wait in line. Cause the lines were like insane. It was like a three hour wait, you know? Yeah. So if we didn't get that, we would have probably went in one or two. So we got to go in most of them, which was pretty cool. Yeah. So I did that. And then uh, last weekend with the family, uh, it's like a yearly tradition. We go to Salem every year in Massachusetts, which is always, you know, spooktacular and fun, you know. So we did that. And How close is that to you guys? Um, it's about five hours away. So oh. um, it's not bad. And we went up with my sister-in-law this year. She has an RV, like a Winnebago, which is really cool. So we actually stayed with her in the Winnebago right outside of Salem, which was kind of cool. You know, it was kind of <laughs> different, you know. But, uh, yeah, I love it up there. It was great. The leaves are all colored and you know like reds and oranges and stuff it was it was really pretty so we got to do that and then this weekend i'm heading out to oregon for a film festival for my short film the radio which i'm super psyched about in uh in astoria oregon which i've never been to before and that's obviously the site of goonies so i can't wait to go and check out all the uh, (laughs) locations and take lots of pictures you know and uh yeah. Yeah. Look for chunk and yeah. No. So it should be good. So I'm psyched. So yeah. Then after that, I'm just sort of like gonna enjoy the last couple weeks of October and uh, just relax. You know what I mean? Because um, a lot of traveling going on. So it's good to sort of settle down. As you know, you know, I know that yeah. you're running on empty like 24 seven pretty much. Yeah, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any big plans for Halloween Day? Uh, Halloween Day, we'll probably just go trick or treating with the kids, and then I don't know. We were talking about having people over, but the weekend before we're having like our big Halloween party. Right. Um, it's like the 24th. So I, it's funny. I actually, I know I saw you responded, but I invited you just to like, just be like, Hey, you know, just so you know, you know, cause it would have been so I cool. I know, I know. But, um, it, that's always fun. So that'll be like the big fun event. And then Halloween's always sort of like, 
I don't know. It's like, for me, it's like, I just like to relax and enjoy the day by trick or treating and just like, you know, handing out candy. And then like, we end the night by watching Halloween. My wife and I like watch it. It's like one of the only horror movies she'll watch with me, you know? Right. right. Um, But yeah, it's never like a big day, but it's going to be weird this year because it's on a Saturday. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe we'll do something bigger. I'm not sure. You know, usually it's like a weeknight. So it's kind of like, like curfew is usually like eight o'clock and like everything just dies. You know, it's like everyone's inside. So it's weird. But this year, since it's on a Saturday, um, yeah, maybe we'll do something big, you know, how about you? What are you doing on Halloween besides um, the theater? Well, can... I'm definitely going to Phantom on the 29th nice. and then on the 30th is Rumorg's Halloween party. Oh, no way. Uh, which I'm working at. Oh my God. That's gotta be a fun time. <laughs> I'm super pumped. I've never been to it before, but I've seen photos and it looks like a shit show. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure. Great. I'm sure. <laughs> are you dressing up or? I am. Yeah. What are you I'm, be? Uh, I'm going for the easiest costume for who I am, which is Rachel from Blade Runner, because nice. I basically already look like her. That's so cool. <laughs> I just need to find a jacket with like huge shoulder pads, and then I'm made in the shade. Yeah, just get a regular jacket and just stuff it, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. That'll be fun. Uh, on the actual day of, I'm not sure yet, but uh, I'll probably just hang out at the theater and watch all those movies. That's cool. That's That should be fun, too. Yeah, it's so weird because, like, I feel like the build-up to Halloween – I think we talked about this before. The build-up to Halloween is always much more exciting to me than the mm-hmm. actual day of Halloween, you know? Yeah, Halloween is like a month. <laughs> yeah, it's like I love every day leading up to it. But then once you get closer and closer, like we talked about, like, I get so sad. I'm just like, no, it's yeah. going too fast. So, like, for me, Halloween is just sort of like – it's just like a sad day because I'm like, it's over tomorrow. You know, like, it's yeah. probably – just me like being like crazy like i just think about oh it's over but i know i should really just enjoy the whole day and just do as much as possible so right. um, yeah so it should be uh should be good but you know as you know we horror lovers halloween's every day pretty much so yeah. it doesn't matter you know <laughs> there's no difference <laughs> <laughs> so um how about real quick what have, have you seen anything cool or tv shows or films or movies or anything like that that uh you might want to mention or yes um so my one of my bosses, my bosses are a married couple, mm-hmm. and the husband, he is the programmer for Midnight Madness at TIFF. Oh, wow. Which just passed, and uh, he, I, I was able, oh, oh my god, I was able to write about a bunch of the movies, so that got me tickets, and uh, I saw some really, really amazing horror films during that week. Awesome. Um, do you remember The Loved Ones? Uh, I think so. That one, it's... I think it's from New Zealand or Australian. I'm not sure. Um, But it has that girl who goes... It's kind of like the Carrie story where she goes on her prom date, but then she ends up just, like, murdering the guy. I don't think I know this movie. I think I've heard of it, but I I definitely haven't seen it. Okay. One, you definitely should watch that movie. Okay. I'll make a note right Um, now. (laughs) The director who made that movie, he only made that one for the longest time, and he finally came back with a second feature, which is called The Devil's Candy. Okay. And it features Ethan Embry. Oh, nice. Yeah. I actually I saw him at a party. <laughs> I'm such a spaz. I saw him at a party, and I was walking out of the bathroom as he was walking in. And my instant reaction was to just do this like weird little nervous wave at him. And oh my god! He gave me was so funny because he kind of did a double take as if to be like, "Do I know that girl? Like, why did she look at me like that?" Oh my god! That's great. <laughs> I immediately like ran over to the bar. I was like, "Oh, I hate myself." <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, he's making a big comeback, right? Like, uh, oh, yeah. Walking Dead, obviously, and um, I don't know if you saw. Do you see Late Phases? Yeah, 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 I love that movie. Yeah, it's great. He he was yeah. in that, you know. But I love. He sort of disappeared after the '90s. You know what I mean? He's yeah. sort of like 
I'm sure he's done stuff, but now it's I'm happy for him, you know? So yeah, for anyway, sure. so go on. You were saying about that film? Uh, Devil's Candy super good. So it follows this uh, young family, uh, husband, wife, and then a young daughter. She's maybe like about 14. Um, the husband and the daughter are huge metalheads, and then the wife is just kind of like, she's kind of like punky and just kind of along for it, and um, they move into this house, sort of in the middle of nowhere, where they at first are unknowing that uh, a murder took place there. Okay. And what happened was there was a man in his, like, I would say 50s or 60s who was living with his parents, and he killed both of his parents. Um, because demons told him to. <laughs> oh my god! And then um, he begins to stalk the family once they move into his house, because um, the devil's candy is children, and he becomes obsessed with the daughter, and he keeps trying to kill her, and it's so good. Oh, that's <laughs> I was, cool! I was so along for the ride. Like it's it's awesome. Um, a lot of people going into the movie, what I kept hearing from people was that it wasn't as good as the loved ones, which kind of disappointed me before I saw it, but then I realized that that's stupid because you can't possibly make every movie be equally as good. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend that one. That's awesome. Very cool. Um, another one that I saw that I really enjoyed, this wasn't a part of Midnight Madness. This was a part of uh, Vanguard. It's called Demon. Okay. It's a Polish movie. It's about a couple who are getting married in Poland, and he is uh, they're inheriting land from her family, I believe, and then he, it's that same old story, he finds, like, a skull, and then he slowly becomes possessed. Um, but it, it takes over the course, it, it happens over the course of uh, their wedding night, and he just slowly gets more and more erratic. And uh, I guess it kind of works with the topic that we're talking about tonight, because his transformation from this kind of burly, little bit macho European guy to... Um, uh, the, the ghost that possesses him is this is a woman who lost her husband, and he, he his acting is so grotesque and unnatural. Like he's he's very effeminate, and it's really creepy. Like it's really, really sounds good. cool. Yeah, it sounds different. You know, I liked it a lot. I would definitely recommend that one. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I saw a bunch more, but I can't. It's all a blur now. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, you've probably seen so many. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Um, well, I had the. Um, I when I was in Florida, my brothers were like, "Hey, you want to go see the Green Inferno?" And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so I went and saw it, and I don't know if you've seen it yet, but no. I, I couldn't stand it. I thought it was terrible. Not 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 even for the gore factor, because I'm not a big gore guy. But it was just like the acting was god awful. It just like it just put the nail in the coffin that I just can't stand Eli Roth. I don't know. I just yes. I don't like anything he does, and I just realized it. I'm like, why did I see this? I just felt like I wasted you know, two hours of my life. But, um, right. yeah, I don't know. It was just so stupid. And like it, it, the tone was weird. Like there were parts where people were laughing and then parts where people were like, Oh, it's gross. Uh, you know, it yeah. just, it was terrible. I don't know. I wasn't a fan. So, um, I'm sure I'm going to hear from, you know, people listening to the podcast, like you're stupid. It's great. You know, but <laughs> I just don't, I'm not like big into like cannibal movies, you know, I don't know. There's like people that are really into those. I'm just not, you know, so, yeah. um, but I did um, – one thing I, I was happy to see was uh, Burnt Offerings. Okay. Um, I just got – it came out on Blu-ray not too long ago, so I just got it, and I'd never seen it before. Um, Matt told me about it, and I was like, oh, let me check it out. And uh, I really liked it. It was kind of like a cool slow burn, like haunted house kind of movie. Cool. Um, but 
uh, Karen Black's in it, who I love. I always love anything she does. She's just like she's got such a unique face, and she's cool acting style. So um, I really like that. It was good, you know. So it's just kind of like a cool '70s like haunted house film kind of thing. But um, yeah, that's definitely one to check out. And I'm obsessed right now with the TV show Salem. Have you seen this at all? Oh no, I haven't. It's really good. It's on uh, the WGN. I love it. So I'm, I'm only I'm binge watching it right now. I'm, I'm almost done with season one, and they just I think they finished season two uh, not too long ago. So I'm gonna have to try to track that down and watch it. But I'm really into that show. I, I really like it. It's just kind of cool. Just that whole story of Salem and the witch trials and stuff. They sort of do a different take on it and actually put real witches into the story and stuff. It's really cool. You know. Okay. Yeah, I haven't watched any TV lately. I like. Before I went to Toronto, I watched every show, <laughs> just straight up every show I could watch. Yeah. But lately, all I've been watching is Rick and Morty. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, there's a lot of good TV out there. It's kind of like it's it's sad because it it'll just like absorb your life. And I know right yeah. now you don't have that you know opportunity to let a TV show just take <laughs> over. You have no time. So once October's over, it'd be nice for you to you could November's just November's going to be awesome. You there's could just only relax. One festival. There you go. So that's and good. It's only a weekend. <laughs> so you can catch up on uh, on all good stuff. Um, yeah. One thing I do want to mention that you'll be excited about is Matt and I are going to see Evil Dead the musical. Awesome! <laughs> it's it's coming to Red Bank, which is like ten minutes from my house, which I'm so excited in this old theater called the Count Basie Theater. And we're actually going to do this is like the first for us. We're going to do a podcast either like in like a diner or like in our car. We're going to do like a like right after the musical. <laughs> we're going to talk about it and just kind of review it and stuff for nice. you know for people going to other things but i know you told me about it last year and you were like you got to go it's a great time so when i saw it came it's it's matt's birthday in a couple of days and i was like matt i'm getting us tickets we're gonna go so and he came up with the idea he's like let's do a podcast about it so i'm like that's awesome so we're gonna do a podcast like literally like right after we're gonna walk out <laughs> and do the podcast so did you get like splatter zone tickets we're close i didn't get the splatter zone because they were like you know a little more expensive but yeah, we're, we're only like two rows behind it so i'm pretty sure you'll still get bloody yeah sure. so yeah. that's cool yeah so i just couldn't couldn't sport you know spot all the the cash to pay for those tickets but um but yeah i'm psyched about that and i knew you'd be excited about that too so oh it's so good yeah i can't wait it's gonna be fun so that's uh that's like the week before halloween which i can't wait okay we're gonna have fun so um so yeah so transformations um I think, I don't know, this is the first, like, usually we tell each other our list, this is the first we didn't, which I think is kind of cool, you know? Mm -hmm. Matt and I have done that a couple times, which is fun. Um, But I'm going to preface by saying my list is, it's, people might be thinking this is like a podcast about werewolves, you know? It's, (laughs) my, my list doesn't have, you know, I have, there's a lot of werewolf in my list, but... There's a lot of not werewolf kind of stuff, just transformations in general, like special effects and stuff. I don't know if your list is similar to that or... Um, I, so the reason why I pitched this topic was because I was reviewing a film called Bite. Okay. Um, it played a Fantasia. It's about a woman who goes on her, like, her bachelor weekend, and then she gets bit by this bug, and it turns her into, like, this weird fly monster. And it's not very good. (laughs) (laughs) It uh, kind of misses the mark in a few places, but there is these moments that kind of interest me, because I wondered... Like, if you think back to, uh, this is so pretentious and I hate to reference it right now, <laughs> but if you think back to, like, Metamorphosis, there's yeah. so much symbolism involved with why he turns into a bug. Right. And uh, with this one, I couldn't understand what it was going for. If it was going for this depiction of loneliness or uh, misanthropy or if it was just, like, 
gross for the sake of gross. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff missing from that movie that I didn't quite get into, but it did definitely spark this idea of um, how interesting transformation is in movies. And I, my list is definitely all around. Like there's um, very much the scene or scenes where um, the reason why I like it so much is because of special effects or because of um, uh, just how like cohesive everything looks. But then there's some things that are kind of conceptually transforming. Oh, okay, cool. Um, So yeah, it'll be, it's a weird list. (laughs) Yeah. Mine's kind of weird too. I think my list is like kind of similar to yours. It's like, Mine's, my lists are usually nostalgic in a way. It's like movies that I grew up on or movies that I just really love, you know? So right. I'm sure, you know, with my list, I'm going to get people saying, you're an idiot. Like, this is so much better than that. But <laughs> honestly, I'm just prefacing by saying this is like my nostalgic list. And then there's some films that I don't even really like, but I like this transformation scene right. or or uh, group of scenes. or Because some of mine, you know, and we'll sort of talk about it, some of mine, it's like a long transformation. It could be like over a whole movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not just like a scene. So, um yeah, I'm excited to get into it. So um, why don't why don't you start, Rochelle? What's your your number ten? Sure. Okay. So my number ten is a little bit of a stretch, but <laughs> I think that it's that you can argue it. Um, I said Jack from The Shining. Oh, okay. Um, the, I mean, there's everything that's been said about this movie has already been said, but um, it's just the, the acting is so goddamn good. It's amazing. Like, I, I've seen this movie 50,000 times, and uh, when I first moved to the city, TIFF was doing a run of it because they had their Kubrick exhibit. Okay. So I went to go see it in the theater, and it's unbelievable how much the sound design of that movie can really just change the experience when you're in a theater. Mm-hmm. Like, I was terrified. Like, I had seen the movie a million times in the past, but it still irks me just as much. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's There's something about the sweet nice fatherly man that he is at the beginning and then the terrifying uh impotent (laughs) murderer that he is at the end but yeah Yeah, he's definitely you know i feel like he's twisted kind of from the start you know what i mean i I know you said he's sweet and fatherly but he he's he's all not there at the beginning too you know what i mean i kind of think they set that up as well which which definitely in the casting as well like he's just he's perfect for that role yeah it, it amazes me too how Stephen King and Kubrick sort of like butted heads about this. And there's a lot of issues, you know, with um, King saying, you know, he hated the, you know, the interpretation of his story and that kind yeah. of stuff. You know, it's interesting, but I, I still love it too. It's just definitely a really dark sort of twisted tale, you know? Did you ever read the book? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't read no, the me book. <laughs> yeah, uh, Matt has. My fr- Matt is like huge Stephen King fan, so he's read pretty much everyone. And um, I haven't. Have you seen the documentary too? The Room Two. What is it? Two three seven. Two three seven. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't. It seems a little fear mongering for me. Like I don't. I don't really like uh, the kind of conspiracy theory stuff about it. Right. Um, I did see that director's other movie, uh, The Nightmare. Okay. The one about sleep paralysis. That oh, one. yeah, yeah. I started watching that recently, um, and I just I just had to go, go somewhere. But I want to finish it. I heard that's really good, too. I was into it. I mean, I did see it in a theater and alone, so that might have um, oh, yeah, I'm sure that enhanced the experience. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I might check out that. Did you see that documentary, Room 237? No, I haven't. I haven't. Matt saw it, and he said he really liked it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of weird stuff in there, like you said, like conspiracy theories and stuff like that that sort of yeah. are strange. You know, it's just like definitely really, really like a microscope looking at the film and, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, Jack Nicholson's performance is is top notch, and I think it's one of those, like you said, just slow sort of transformations from the beginning all the way to the end, where he's completely nuts. You know what I mean? Just going crazy, yeah. busting through the door. Um, speaking of, have you ever seen that uh, behind the scenes footage of him getting ready for that scene? <laughs> I was just about to ask that. Oh my he's god! He's like, kill, 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 axe, axe, axe. Oh, he's just jumping up and down, and so good. oh my god, it's mental. It just shows like how talented he is and just nuts, you know. Um, it's yeah. funny you mentioned the shiny because I had, um, I had a scene or something, a transformation that I was going to put in my list that was from the shining. That's not Jack Nicholson. The bathtub lady? Yes. The bathtub lady. She <laughs> yeah. was almost, she was like outside of my list. So I was like, Oh, you know, I want to mention it, but that I, I remember seeing that as a kid and it just completely freaked me out. Cause I probably saw this movie when I was too young to see it and seeing that naked lady where at first, like as a young boy, you're like, Oh, boobies, you know, and you're like all excited. And then it turns into you know what it turns into and you're just like oh my god i want to die like it's awful it's awful so yeah that that made it like that was outside my transformation list but that's something that as a kid i totally just stuck with me it was just awful you know yeah absolutely (laughs) so what's your number 10 okay my number 10 is 1987's hellraiser and um the the scene that I was this is like a scene one. It's when Frank kind of does that reverse transformation. Um, right. I don't know if you remember. He's like his uh, dead body is like under like the floorboards, and then like his brother, um, what's his brother's name? Larry, I think. Larry, like he like cuts his hand or something. He drips blood on the floorboards, and somehow this blood is able to make Frank come back, at, you know, come back to life. And he comes out of the floorboards. Um, and it's just, it's insane. It's like, um, it's like the, he like first is like ooze coming out of the floorboards. It's really gross. Mm. It's like this, like orangish, like nasty ooze. And then, you know, he's the body or what looks like a body comes out of the floorboards and it's so cool. It's just like, you know, every transformation we're probably going to talk about tonight is like regular, you know, it's like from, from a, a normal person to something, you know, right. and this is like the opposite. It's like this monster that forms into like a skeleton basically. Right. Um, and I thought it was just so unique and interesting, but completely freakish and gross and scary. Um, I remember, you know, as a kid, just totally being like mortified, like sitting on my couch, like covering my eyes, like, um, this whole movie, especially like I, to this day, I yeah. don't enjoy watching it cause it just freaks me out. You know, that it's, movie, yeah, that movie holds up. Like it's still really, really terrifying. Yeah. And I think a lot of the movies we'll probably talk about, I know on my list, you know, these are all non CGI kind of stuff, uh, mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, and I think, like you said, a lot of these scenes hold up and this one, especially it's just so disturbing and disgusting. Um, I think the, the special effects was done by a guy named Jeffrey Portis, I want to say, but I could be getting that wrong. Um, but like I said, I had never seen a reverse transformation before and it was really cool. It like kind of stuck out, you know, and it really grossed me out, uh, with like the pus and the goo and it was disgusting, but to see that it was just kind of a cool, you know, uh, reverse kind of transformation. I thought it was worth mentioning. So that's yeah, my- it looks great too. Yeah, it does. It does. So that's, yeah. that's my number 10. So uh, how about your number nine? So my number nine is a little bit similar to my last one. Okay. Um, It's Excision um, with the main character, Pauline. Um, Even though she does, she is a very disturbed young girl who has these fantasies of becoming a medical doctor. Um, It's, there's something about the way that the pacing of that movie that even though you see all these horrible things that she's imagining in her dreams and you watch her awake in this like um, 
like uh, like erotic orgasm state, and it's obviously extremely uncomfortable. What happens at the end of that movie is so heartbreaking, and you so I don't know. I, when I watched that movie, I was like really pulling for her to just like come through and not uh, do the horrible thing that she does at the end. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's there's I guess it isn't. I don't know. There's something about the way that she doesn't fulfill what she's doing for most of the movie. Right. That makes you not expect what she does at the end. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Because well, this movie is still fairly new. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so maybe people haven't seen it yet, but it is a fantastic movie. I haven't seen it. So oh, it is a hard watch and it is pretty heartbreaking, but it is really, really good. Um, plus it has John Waters in it as a priest and Tracy Lords. That's as right. This other. is, I remember reading about this film. This is the one with Tracy Lords. Yes. I totally remember. Oh, it's so good. She is amazing as the mother. Like she's so infuriating at some points, but she, uh, there's something that you can kind of understand about her, but okay. it's, I, I really, really like this movie. Um, but that being said, I've only ever seen it once. Cause I can't handle it again. Oh really? I'm it's like one it. of those. Okay. Well, I'll have to check it out. <laughs> I'll have to check it out once also. (laughs) Yeah, good call. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, So your number nine? My number nine is uh, from 2000, uh, Ginger Snaps, that we were talking about earlier. So directed by John Fawcett and special effects makeup by Paul Jones. Um, So... I'm, I'm maybe you'll be talking about this again. I'm pretty sure just from, yes. yeah, I'm just the guest from a photo that you posted the other day. But, um, I, since you'll probably talk about it more than I will, I'll just sort of touch on it briefly, but it's just a story about two sisters and they're sort of macabre, right. And they're sort of like the, they're sort of like the outsiders in high school and they don't kind of fit the mold. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, uh, there's like, um, there's like this, this legend of this beast of Bailey downs, they call it. Right. And it's like mm-hmm. all these like animals are showing up and, and they're dead and the people are like, Oh, it's this beast. Nobody knows what it is. The girls get attacked. Um, and, uh, specifically, uh, ginger, one of the sisters, Bridget and ginger gets attacked. Um, so there's a transformation scene. Um, it's kind of towards the end, I guess. Right. It's sort of like middle end of the movie. Um, where the one sister Bridget and uh, I guess her this this guy are driving in a van and Ginger's in the back and she transforms in the back of this van as they're driving back home. Um, and the one thing I love about this transformation scene is they really use um, a lot of people, you know, it's like an obvious thing to use like cuts, you know, like you cut, you show like a hand transforming, then you cut to like the eyes or, right. or you do a cutaway and then you cut back and the person's completely changed. I love this scene because they do cuts, but they do it with like a, um, like a fade to black. So it's like, you know, it's like shows one, one part, like her, you know, her face, like, you know, in pain and then it'll fade to black and then it'll go to her feet, you know, and you'll see her feet stretch out or whatever. Um, it was just like a clever, um, way to show the transformation that I hadn't seen before this fade to black, which I thought was really good. And just, you know, hearing her transform and seeing all the shots, you know, um, you could definitely tell it was inspired by American werewolf in London, you know, Rick Baker, um, just with the cuts that they use and the shots that they chose. Mm -hmm. But, um, one scene that always is just gross is like this. She's like writhing in pain and like this, like, like yellowish goo just like comes out of her mouth. Like she's yeah. like vomiting out and it's just really disgusting. But, um, <laughs> but a cool transformation, you know what I mean? I thought it was kind of a unique movie. You know, it's not one of my favorite movies. I I've only, the first time I saw it was last year, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know how I miss this growing up, but I do own it and I enjoy it. 
but um, it's not a movie I'll go back and watch over and over again, but I really like that transformation because I thought it was kind of neat to be like in a moving vehicle and <laughs> to transform in the back, you know? Yeah. It, it yeah. was kind of cool. So yeah, that was my number nine. And if anyone who lives in Toronto wants to watch that movie tonight, I'm screening at the Carlton Cinema. <laughs> there you go. Well, they won't appear this till tomorrow, so you, you missed it, guys. Sorry, but Damn yeah, it. yeah. But hopefully, yeah. So that's cool. Awesome. So uh, what are we on? Number eight. Yes. Yes. What, um, what's your number? So eight? my number eight. Um, it is definitely the one that you see in every TV screen and every horror movie since after it was filmed, uh, which is Karen from Night of the Living Dead. Awesome. Uh, when she transforms into a zombie and kills her mother. Uh, the first time I saw this movie, I believe I would have been about nine. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> um, my dad had a mini putt, and I, I've always been like daddy's little girl, so I would just kind of follow him everywhere. And I would go there all the time on the weekends, and uh, we'd just watch TV. And he must have stepped out for a minute or something, and I was, like, flicking channels. And then I saw a bit of it, and it's horrifying. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. It it is so, like, that entire, I mean, everyone has already said this about this movie, but it is so unbelievably beyond its, like, its time. Yep. Uh, It's, it's still scary. Like, it's... It's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's an awesome one. I you know, I didn't even think of that scene. That's a really good pick. That's awesome. <laughs> I feel like I want to just like do a super cut of every time the movie like that scene has been used in other horror movies. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's been used a lot. It really has. Yeah. yeah, that would be a good list to make, you know. It must be like public domain or something. <laughs> yeah. So for for us US people, what's a mini putt? Oh, it's a <laughs> That's not a thing. No, I'm just joking. It's <laughs> is it like miniature golf? I guess because yeah. that, that's what we call it. We call it miniature golf, and oh, then yeah. I think people in the South call it like putt putt or something oh, like that. Really? Yeah. So when you said mini putt, it just sounded like very Canadian, like you know, <laughs> you weird Canadians with your your weird things. That's so cool. Your dad owned like a, a, a like a miniature golf place. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. My dad is a, he's a funny guy. Like he really, I guess you can only really call him an entrepreneur because he's done so many different things. Like he had that mini putt for years. Um, he made, uh, like beehives for a while. (laughs) What? Um, he's also, uh, he made these like eco-friendly fireplaces uh, he also repairs student housing. <laughs> wow, that's unbelievable. And him and my mom wanted to make yurts at one point in time as well. <laughs> They're weird. They're super weird. That's cool, though. But that must have been a fun thing as a kid, you know, to like have like a miniature golf place to like hang out hang at. Hang out you know? at, yeah. It was was cool. it, what was the theme of it? Was it like... Um, oh, there was no theme. <laughs> it was just like holes and that's it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought some of her like have like big, like, it's like a haunted theme or like, you know. Oh, man, that'd be so cool. <laughs> yeah, it would be cool. But that's awesome. <laughs> Cool. So where are we at? You just gave uh-huh, your uh-huh. number. My number eight. Okay. So my number eight is 1982's The Thing, directed by nice. John Carpenter, um, starring the amazing Kurt Russell and uh, makeup effects by the great Rob Bottin, uh, who's done a lot of stuff. Um, so this the scene that, you know, there's a lot of weird kind of transformation stuff that happens in this film, but the scene that really stands out, uh, for me at least, is um, when the character Norris is, he appears to have like a heart attack and mm-hmm. um, it's just like all, it's like hell broke, breaks loose. They know that this like thing or this alien or whatever is like, it's probably hiding in other people and nobody knows why. 
So this is the first time you really, really get a good glimpse of it. Um, so Norris is like having, looks like he's having a heart attack. And then Dr. Cooper goes to give him like the defibrillator. Um, and then all of a sudden this nasty, like out of his chest, this like mouth opens up and just like bites the doctor's arms off, which is like so freaking scary and terrifying. Um, and this is all practical, which is amazing. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. this holds up too. Um, and then it just goes on from there to get more disgusting and more terrifying. Um, then these like weird green tentacles come out. I don't know if you remember those, like these mm-hmm. weird, like tentacles are coming out of the chest and everyone's freaking out. Um, then this like crazy spider creature, um, with the head of the guy <laughs> comes out of his chest and is just like standing there looking at all of them. Um, and then that's when Kurt Russell, I think, has, like, the flamethrower, and he starts to destroy it. But then it goes on from there. You think it's like, oh, they just, like, blasted this thing. It's it's done now. Then the head of this guy, Morris, so it's on the table. Not the head that was on the spider. Now it's the actual head becomes detached from the body and, like, <laughs> hangs over the table. Um, and there's all these, like, weird green veins, like, hanging from it. It's so gross. Um, the head goes down to the ground, and then the head turns into like a spider, which is like so crazy that like these legs come out of the head and become a spider and like hide under the desk. Um, but the best like payoff of this scene is, um, the, I guess the spider, like they're all looking around. They think they've like burnt this, um, you know, the, the, the big, uh, spider creature that came out of the chest. Now there's this head spider that they're all looking at the other thing. And the head spider just like walks like without them seeing it. And the one guy, um, uh, the, Oh shit. What happens? The one guy turns around and sees it and he's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> and it's great. It's great. So then they, then they blast it and get it. But, um, as an overall transformation effect, it's like, I think for, for like a practical effect, I'm like completely blown away by the scene. I've seen like a making of, of the scene and it's, it's insane how much they had to do to, to pull this off because it's not only just like the chest opening up, it's like a creature coming out of the chest, then like a head detaching and a head turning into a spider and then the head walking away. It's like multiple things that are happening that I'm like so impressed by, you know what I mean? It's like such a freaky, crazy scene, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you were ever impressed by this, but I, I think it's like one of the best scenes, you know, that um, practical scenes that I've seen in, in, in a horror film, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's such iconic imagery as well. Like I think that there's something, I don't know. When I was looking at doing this podcast, I was pretty tempted to just do like, werewolves and david Cronenberg movies <laughs> yeah yeah totally you could do that for sure uh, yeah but uh yeah you kind of go through them um i've been obviously doing a lot of research on ginger snaps lately for muff yeah and uh i one of the things that i appreciate so much is that that werewolf looks so much different than any other werewolf in film history and I don't know. There's something about having that iconic imagery that really makes it stand out. Yeah, it does. Totally. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway, so that was uh, that was my number eight. Um, I just love that movie. I love John Carpenter. So it's uh, definitely a great scene, you know, really, really mm-hmm. impressive. So cool. Number seven, Rochelle, what do you got? So my number seven is Alien oh, um, nice. with Kane when the the thing, the face hugger bursts out of his chest. Yep. <laughs> um yeah, I kind of wanted to talk about it, like, link it into the next one that I was going to talk about afterwards. But it's the fact that this moment really kickstarts the narrative. Like, there's this unbelievable tension in Alien right from the start. But the second that that happens, um, it just becomes this, like, 
this like timer is about to go off. Yep, you know what I exactly. Mean? Um, for one, it looks incredible. Um, I remember I didn't actually see Alien until maybe I was like about a teenager, but I saw so many references of it in TV, and I think there was an episode of like Boy Meets World or something. Like no, that. <laughs> and I saw when I was a kid where they did it with like a like a puppet. Oh my gosh! And I, I was really really young, and I remember it terrified me. That <laughs> terrified you. Yeah, because oh it, it was like all bloody and gross. And like, uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's just uh, as far as like iconic imagery goes. One more time, um, it's it's great. I, I it's really funny too because like John Hurt is such an iconic actor. I didn't know for like the longest time that he was that character because he's just very much a vessel for that alien to burst out of. That's pretty much his only purpose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> that was on the outside of my list, to, too. I just had to go more nostalgic with mine. So, Cool. Yeah. Um, cool. So we're, we're at number – my seven. number seven, right? Okay, yeah. cool. Um, this is the, the part where everyone's going to scream through uh, their iPhones or iPods or computers <laughs> that, like, Mike, you're a moron because this is not a transformation movie or scene. But for me, I love it. So uh, my number seven is from 2006. It's the movie Monster House. Have, <laughs> okay. Have you seen Monster House? No, is it? That's the Pixar? It's like an animated film. Yeah. yeah I don't think it's Pixar, but it's an animated film. Um, <laughs> I love this movie. There's something about this movie. I think the fact that it takes place on Halloween, it takes place on Halloween, and the, the story is so cool. It's like three teens discover that their neighbor's house is really a living, breathing monster. Um it's such a cool story. The characters are amazing. There's like the two main characters. Um, uh, I forget their names. Oh shoot. A uh, DJ and uh chowder. Um, DJ is like the typical sort of like, you know, kid that's like kind of into monsters and stuff. And then his friend chowder is like, is like chunk from like, um, Goonies. Like he's just like the chubby, like kind of goofball sidekick kind of kid. Right. Um, the cast is amazing. There's, um, Steve Buscemi plays like the, the, the old crankety neighbor, never cracker. Jason Lee plays this like heavy metal, like, like teenager kid. That's like, you know, messing around. He's like dating, um, Maggie Gyllenhaal who plays, uh, the babysitter. And then you have Kathleen Turner's voice as like the house because the house is actually like this living, breathing thing. Um, This is like a slow kind of like transformation for me, but the house starts as a house. And then through the story, you realize the house is actually like, like literally like a a being, like it, it was a person and like the house absorbed this person. And there's actually like, like when they go in the house, there's like, you know, there's like the heart of the house, which is like the heart of the person. There's like um, intestines. There's like a throat, like everything about it is like a person. So from the beginning of the story to the end of the story, um, for people who haven't seen, I want to give it away, but the house actually becomes like a living, breathing thing. And by the end, the house is actually moving and walking and it, you know, with animation, it's easy to do, but Mm -hmm. Um, I was just blown away by this that I've never seen like um, a movie like this where the house is actually like uh, a creature. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not just sitting and scaring people and things are happening inside it. It's actually uh, a creature that um, transforms into this this crazy monster. It's like a monster itself. So um, I highly recommend it for anyone who likes to watch movies that are. Uh, around Halloween, like uh, as I am, any movie that's like takes place on Halloween, I have to see. I'm like, oh my god, I love it. So <laughs> it's it's a fun movie. It's not just for kids. It's definitely fun. 
Um, but it's one of those movies that I watch every year with my kids and I watch it and I enjoy it every time. So Rochelle, you should definitely see it. It's really, it's, it's fun. It's really fun. So sorry, people. That's my number seven. You can, uh, go fuck yourself. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, moving along. Number six, what do you got? So my number six is a movie that I feel very strongly about, and like, in spite of the fact that I think a lot of people think that it is um, garbage, and that is possibly due to the fact that number two and three in the series are garbage. Okay. And that would be The Human Centipede. <laughs> oh my God. See, <laughs> um, I haven't seen any of these. I haven't. I really like the first one, and I really? can definitely recommend the first one, because it is not nearly as gory as people made it out to be when it came out. Okay. Um, it definitely follows an almost, like, psycho Hitchcock um, use of having a lot of the gore be off-screen. Um, that being said, there is gore. There is definitely some gross stuff in this movie. But some of the more horrifying scenes, um, they all take place off-camera. And that is so much more... Uh, pertinent and it will really really affect someone and I think that's why that movie had such a strong uh, presence when it came out so the transformation uh, that I was going to talk about was obviously the scene where he finally makes the centipede between the three people that he kidnaps right um it's this wonderful moment. I, I think it's it's. You just of, said wonderful. <laughs> it's so good. It's like his acting is so terrifying, and it's, he has this like enormous god complex. So it it appears where he has them all in his living room, and he's like screaming about how excited he is, and he has this big mirror, and he's like making them look at themselves. Like he goes down the line, and he puts it over to his face, and he's like kissing his own reflection. And uh, I was going to talk about this thing compared to Alien, where the transformation in Alien is kickstarting this, like, story for the rest of the characters. But in Human Centipede, it just becomes, um, it goes in rhythm to the God complex. It's not their story anymore, at least in my opinion. It's, you still feel bad for them, but there's so much that's so interesting that you kind of wrap up into the Doctor um, yeah, it, it's amazing. Um, Rumor just did a spread a couple issues ago about Human Centipede 3, and uh, the girl who interviewed him, uh, Dieter Laser, the guy who plays the doctor, right. uh, he was saying that when he took this role, he was like, this might ruin my career. He's like, I'm a respected <laughs> actor in Germany. Oh, He's my like, gosh. But I'm do it anyway. <laughs> wow. I, yeah, you should definitely watch it. I wouldn't bother watching the second one and the third one. Um, the second one is very much, uh, someone put it to me one time that makes the most sense. It's very much what people think the first one is. Okay. Um, it's a lot darker, it's a lot grosser, and it's um, it's a harder watch. I, I can get behind gore films. I do enjoy them, but uh, this one is not fun to watch. <laughs> gotcha. But- um, and the third one is this, like, boisterous ridiculous um it's like a b movie and it was just kind of irritating uh i didn't really like it that much but the first one is awesome and i will watch i will defend the first one (laughs) until the day i die (laughs) that's cool i'll have to check it out my wife's terrified she saw the trailer for the first one and she couldn't even watch it she was like i can't watch this so I would definitely have to watch it where she's nowhere near the house or anywhere. You know what I mean? Because she would like probably stab me if she saw me watching it because she'd be freaked out. No, I definitely, yeah, I I didn't avoid it for any other reasons but that. So I'll have to, uh, I'll have to give it a watch. Nice. 
So what's your number six? Okay, my number six. Now, this is very nostalgic. It's definitely not my favorite of the series at all, but this scene in particular really stands out as like a cool transformation and just kind of a freaky thing. It's uh, 1988's Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. Nice. And the scene in particular is when Debbie um, turns, uh, Freddie turns her into like a cockroach. Um, and I don't know if you remember the scene, but, um, this girl, Debbie, she's like into lifting weights. So she's like lifting weights and her friends, um, uh, Alice and Dan are trying to get to her. And the cool thing about it is Freddie's doing something like all of a sudden he's like, he can control like time and space or something. I don't know. So Debbie and, um, I'm sorry, Alice and Dan are driving and they keep like, redoing the scene like they keep like getting in their car again and driving and then all of a sudden they're back to that moment they're like we gotta go get debbie so like they're like stuck and they start to realize like oh we've just done this like what's going on but the whole time debbie is being attacked by freddie um so it starts with her like lifting weights and then there's this cool shot where you see the free weights like the reflection in the free free weights and you see freddie's face which was like always scared me when when i was younger Mm-hmm. Um, and then Freddie's there and she's like really tough. So she's like, you don't scare me or something like that. And then Freddie pushes the free weights down and snaps her, um, her elbows, which I remember like, just like screaming when I was a kid. Cause it just, it was so gross. Her elbows snapped like the opposite way, you know? So then she sits up and her arms are just like flapping, you know, it's so gross. And then all of a sudden, um, these like cockroach like arms come out of her elbows and like come out of her sides too. And then all of a sudden she's like in this weird like dream state where she's walking. And as she's walking, she's transforming a little more like this cockroach. And then she ends up in this dark room and you don't know what it is. And then you realize that it's like a a roach motel because she like, she, her feet are stuck. It's all like sticky on the floor, you know? Mm -hmm. And then she like falls on her face and she's like, her face is stuck in that like sticky stuff you'd find in like a, you know, like a, an insect trapped or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the grossest part is she goes to lift her head up and her skin just comes off. And now she has like a full like cockroach head Um, and she's transformed into this cockroach. And then you notice that Freddie is actually holding this like um, this this roach motel and he's like talking to her in it. And then he like squishes her and like smushes her to nothing, you know. (laughs) Um, But the one thing I love about this scene is that, you know, it's like, you don't know where she is. And then you realize there's like little levels of moments where you're like, wow, she's turning into a cockroach. And then you're like, where is she? And then you realize she's in the the motel and then she's really small and Freddie crushes her. You know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. um, the scene itself is, is always stuck with me from when I was younger as just like a freak, freaky kind of scene, um, with this, like with her arms, starting with her arms snapping and just getting worse and worse. So mm-hmm. that's my number six. Um, I just thought it was like a cool effect, you know? Yeah. I've, my little sister is uh, in the recent like year or so. She's kind of starting to get into horror movies. Nice. But she wants to watch all of those big 80s series. And I think last year at one point we watched over a span of two days, not in one day because that would be ridiculous. <laughs> we watched uh, all the Friday the 13th movies. Nice. Save for Jason Goes to Hell because that movie yeah. is unwatchable. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, she just told me the other day that she really wants to check out all of Nightmare on Elm Street. Awesome. And uh, we'll have to do that at some point, but it may take longer than two days. Cause yeah. That is, uh, that is quite the series. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's not it's, too cohesive. The, but... Yeah, there's like ups and downs, definitely. You know, yeah. It's very strange, but you can't beat the original. The original's great. And I even like um, 
the Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I think that's kind of an interesting mm-hmm. one because it kind of like goes behind the scenes of Hollywood and the making of the film and stuff. You know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of, for my Halloween party, I'm actually going to be Freddy Krueger um, <laughs> in honor of Wes Craven passing away. You know, so that's oh, yeah. yeah. So it's the first time I've ever dressed as Freddy Krueger. So I'm super psyched. It's going to be fun. Oh, that's another thing that um, we're doing at the theater. We're screening a, a free screening of Scream. Oh, no way. That's so yes. cool. On the Monday of the week of Halloween. Oh, that's awesome. It's yeah, that's <laughs> definitely one of my favorite horror movies. Definitely. Oh, yeah, that movie is so much fun. Like, I could watch it. It would definitely be one of my Desert Island ones. Oh, totally. Yeah, I could watch that movie over and over again. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so good. Um, all right, so that was my number six. Let's get to your number five. Ooh, top five. Here we go. Um, so this is another movie that would definitely be one of my Desert Island movies, <laughs> uh, and it is Demons. Oh, my God. I, I haven't seen this, and everyone's like, you idiot. You haven't seen Demons? Oh, my God. It, it's it's so much fun, <laughs> and it's incredibly gross. Um, if some of these transformations that we've been talking about are kind of more conceptual, this one I just is straight for the special effects. Okay. Um, so it all takes place in the theater. Um, I think, I mean, everyone's, a lot of people have seen this movie, so maybe I shouldn't really bother with the synopsis, but, uh, there's one scene where a girl named Rosemary, she goes to the bathroom because she starts to feel ill, and, uh, she has this scratch in her face that she got from this, like, weird doppelganger thing, and, uh, it bursts open and starts to spew out pus, and then she's transformed into this disgusting looking bloodthirsty uh like green demon and uh and then that's where it kickstarts where she attacks more people and turns them into demons and you should definitely see this movie because there's a scene with a man on a motorcycle and a sword i think uh, where he's driving around a theater killing demons so there's really that's cool what more do you want from a cinematic experience is really (laughs) that's awesome Is, is that an argento movie uh yeah 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 that's what I thought that's cool yeah no I'll, I, I'll definitely have to check it out for sure but yeah uh, that's awesome everyone's always like you haven't seen that you know so you can say that to me too <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> so what's your number five my number five is a pretty obvious one um it's 1986's uh The Fly with yeah. uh, directed by David Cronenberg special effects by Chris Wallace. Um, so, you know, this is definitely one of those films where the transformation is from like the beginning to the end. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, which is cool. There's like definitely some freaky stuff. Like, you know, when he starts getting like that, you know, little hairs on his face and when he like throws up on food and stuff. Oh my God. That scene makes me so happy. It's ridiculous. That makes you happy. It's so funny when he makes so much eye contact with her, when he throws up on that donut. Oh my God. It's, it's gross. It's so gross. But I, I, for for the longest time had a, like a gif of it on my phone. And whenever like gross boys would text me something, be like, Hey, what are you doing tonight? I would just send that. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Then they're like, okay, I guess it won't text you back. That's that's a good comeback. Yeah, um, that's funny that that makes you happy. Um, you're you're so sick. It's so good. Um, but anyway, the the scene that in particular that I love is the very end. You know, when he's sort of like he's mostly fly, um, but he's kind of like talking to Gina Davis, um, and you know his face starts to rip off, and then mm-hmm. like his. The fly starts to, you know, like actually metamorphosis out of the flesh and the, like the face is like off his face and the, you know, he just turns into full fly. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's so gross 
and it's so touching too. You you get to the point where you really feel bad for him at this point. You know what I mean? Oh, it's yeah. like a very emotional scene because you feel terrible. And then when he he tries to transform Gina Davis, right? And then like that guy, um, you know, shoots the machine, and like she gets out, but he transforms into the machine too. It's like the fly and the machine like transform. And mm-hmm. then he comes out and he's just like begging Gina Davis. Like he, remember he pulls like the shotgun towards yeah. his head and he's like, please like you really feel for him. You're like, Oh my God, this is, you feel for this guy. Um, but that scene in particular, I just always, uh, loved it for the emotional aspect and just for the, just pure nastiness of it, you know, cause he's just completely full fly. Um, and you know another scene that's like completely you know that's that's real. There's no CGI in that at all. It's it's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, so that always blew me away. So that's my number five. I love it. You know, it's a great, great film too. That one may also appear on my list. Okay, <laughs> there we go. So we're down to our number four. So my number four is a movie that I used to watch a lot as a child, and it is the version of invasion, the original version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Nice, the original. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I I have read a lot of essays about this movie. Um, There's something really interesting about, in horror in general, I really, really love using literal monsters to depict something that was going on in the time. So Mm -hmm. uh, one perspective of this movie, of course, is uh, like communism and the going to sleep and not being able to wake up. Um, but I, the one that I kind of side by is the doppelganger narrative um, to use, to talk about the prosperity of the fifties right. and like the social commentary that came with it because there were such strict work boundaries that um, leisure time was kind of regulated, I guess. So people were more regulated in general and scheduled because everyone was working. So they kind of, there's this fear of losing your identity um, but the scene in particular, uh, if we're talking about transformations, that is the most terrifying and the most iconic is definitely when, um, I think her name is Becky, okay. uh, when she falls asleep and then wakes up as one of the pod people. Um, I just remember watching this as a child and like screaming at the TV. I was like, no, <laughs> why did you fall asleep? Oh my gosh. But uh, yeah, that's that would be mine for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I have to rewatch that one. I, you know, I've watched the remake a bunch of times in the past couple of years, but I haven't seen the original in a long time. So, so many remakes. I, I know, have... I know. That's that's Hollywood now, right? It's just like no originality. It's like, hey, let's, <laughs> what can we remake? You know, pumping them out. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, unbelievable. Yeah. All right. Cool. So what's your number four? My number four is a pretty obvious one. It's 1981's The Howling. Um, nice. Directed by Joe Dante and makeup effects by the amazing Rick Baker. Um, So, you know, there's a lot of cool werewolf stuff in this film, but my favorite scene by far is the very end when she's giving her uh, broadcast and you don't really know at this point that she's a werewolf. And, um, it, there's like such tension in the scene, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, she's gone through this whole ordeal, this whole adventure where she was in this colony and there was werewolves and, um, there's a lot going on, but then, you know, they sort of wrap up the film with her doing this broadcast. She's, you know, an anchor woman and she, she's coming back from this colony and she was like all stressed out and freaked out, uh, for what happened at the beginning of the film. Um, so this is her first broadcast back and they've, she's doing a report on this colony because like all these people died and you know, nobody knows why. 
So they give her this like script to read, like from a teleprompter and she starts talking and you can feel, like I said, feel the tension before she goes on air. It's like the way they cut it together and just sort of everything that's prepped up into that moment. It's very tense. Um, and then she starts talking and then you have the guy in the back room, the producer's like, wait, we didn't give her this. What is she doing? And there's, um, and then the other guy's like, no, just let her go. She has, you know, we worked on this. We changed a few things and she starts speaking. Um, and I love, you know, this isn't like a big transformation. It's very kind of simple, but you know, it starts with like her eyes starting to, to change. And then as she's doing this, she's talking, she's still trying to talk. She's like, I'm going to show you, you know, show the world what, what, what's going on. Um, and then you see her fangs come out. Um, and then it's great because they kind of cut to other people watching the broadcast, but you don't see it's like one of those things, what you don't see is scarier, you know? Mm. So everyone's like reacting to the television. Like, what is that? You know, but people don't know if it's real. Some people think it's fake and they're like, Oh wow, look at these special effects. Um, and then they cut to her, um, you know, and she's like full, full werewolf. And then they give you like this funny moment. They, they're like, go to commercial. And they go to commercial and it's like a dog food commercial, <laughs> which is so ridiculous. And That's then, <laughs> yeah. And then they have the cool little twist ending, you know, that in the bar, if, you know, if people remember, um, there's somebody like watching the, the broadcast, you know, and, and this is girl and she, she's like ordering food and she's like, give me, give me a steak and make it rare or something. And she's one of the worst. Yeah. Um, but um, I just love, sometimes I love, you know, what you don't see. It's like that Hitchcock kind of thing. And this is an example of a scene where it's a transformation scene where you kind of, they set it up um, and then they cut away to all these people watching, you know, and you kind of imagine what they're seeing. And yeah. I, I really like that. It's kind of cool. I love the simplicity of that, of what you don't see. So that, that was my number four. Yeah. It always seems to be the most effective as well. Cause it's just like, it adheres to, whatever your personal fears are. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, use your imagination and you sort of yeah. like, you're imagining, you know, what's going on at that yeah. moment. And I love that. That's like, you know, a cool filmmaking trick. I love it. You know? Mm -hmm. So that was my number four. We're getting down to the top three. Now what's your number three? So my number three is the fly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so we've already talked about, you know, the scene in particular. Yep. Um, it's just, it's obviously amazing. Like that movie is so cohesive um, and rewatchable. Um, the special effects are obviously incredible, like most David Cronenberg movies. Mm -hmm. Um, but what really, like when I was talking about the movie bite earlier, um, cause I, I, I rewatched the fly kind of closely after I watched bite because a lot of people were comparing the two. Right. But I felt like that was ridiculous because, uh, for one bite looked nothing like anything Cronenberg has ever put out. Um, and I really, one of my huge pet peeves when I read reviews is if there's a body horror movie and then it's like immediately compared to Cronenberg just because he's the king of it. Yeah. That's stupid. It is stupid. Like it doesn't work. <laughs> um, but uh, the one thing, like the brushstroke that makes the most sense in the fly that is missing from Bite is when he tells her that um, due to these instincts that are coming up in his like transform, like his transformation, um, he might hurt her. Right. Just due to like whatever he's becoming, and that doesn't happen in Bite, and she still goes forth and like kills all her friends. Spoilers, I guess. Yeah. But uh, and it doesn't make any sense. It's like why is she? Why is she doing this? And I don't know. But uh, yeah, I don't know. The Fly is just, it's a great, it's, it's so well written. It's well acted. I love Jeff Goldblum all the time. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. He's awesome. Yeah. I love him in anything he does. You know, he's, his character is always so good. Um, mm -hmm. Have you seen the original in a while? Because I, I watched it recently with my kids. 
I have not, which is really weird, but I will watch it at some point. It's it's goofy. You know what I mean? Like it, it's so it's fun. Goofy. It's like funny goofy, you know, but um it's definitely a good watch for sure, you yeah. know. Obviously not as great effect as as uh, you know, they did in in the remake, but yeah, it's just it's a fun watch, you know. Oh. Awesome. So where are we at? Okay, so my number 3, right? Mhm. Okay, my number 3, um People are probably going to scream that it's not my number one, but it's Amer- American Werewolf in London from 1981, directed by John Landis, and again, effects by Rick Baker. Um, the um, the the scene in particular when um, when what is it uh, Davis is uh, he transforms is is so interesting because. I love how he just goes from like zero to like a thousand. You know what I mean? He's like sitting there reading a book and I forget there's like a, there's like a really, there's a song playing in the background. I can't think of it right now, but it's so great. He's just reading and there's like this song playing. It's just very, just like pop, you know, like um, top 40 kind of song. And then he goes from that to just screaming like Jesus Christ, like as loud as he can mm-hmm. from nowhere, you know? Um, and then the transformation begins. Um for um for a transformation scene in particular i think this has got to be one of the best you know because he's it's it's unbelievable the cuts that um that john landis uses um and then the makeup effects by rick baker it's all you know practical yeah. stuff you know you have you know moving parts within body parts and um, it's so grotesque like it, it's so inhuman looking and long it is it's it's crazy and you like especially you see like the feet stretch like there's yeah. there's so many cool things that happen um that i can't even imagine how long it took them to put that together um but it's so clever um and there's there's a funny line in the middle where he's talking to his friend jack who died he was the one that got you know mm-hmm. eaten by the werewolf that that comes back as like a ghost form but th- like in the middle of this transformation he's like oh he's like I didn't mean to call you meatloaf Jack. Like he was just like talking to his friend because he thinks like his friend has something to do with him being in pain or something. But, um, and there's a, there's an amazing cut. I don't know if you remember this, but they're cutting like to, this is another thing where they cut from, you know, him transforming different, you know, scenes like his face, his feet, you know, back and forth. But then, then there's like cutaways, which I love too. There's a cutaway to a Mickey mouse figure. That has nothing to do with anything, but it's so innocent. And then in the background, you you just hear him screaming that it's like such like an offset of like this innocence and like this guy's transforming. It's such like a creative thing that's like so clever, but it works. You know, it's like a weird thing. But next time you watch that scene, look for that Mickey Mouse because it holds for like three seconds. It's like like a shot of just like a little figure, a Mickey Mouse figure. Um, See it on the big screen. Yeah, it'll be amazing. So yeah. uh, when you see that Mickey Mouse, think of me, Rochelle. Okay, I will. <laughs> um, but anyway, just like an example of perfect like editing and special effects come together to be an amazing scene. You know, mm. uh, great movie too. It's it's still holds up to this day. I think so. That was my number three. Cool. Number two, Rochelle. We're down to the top two. So my number two is Ginger Snaps. Nice. There you go. Um, I knew it was going to come up. Yeah, um, we have already talked about the the actual transformation scene. But I think the reason why I like this movie so much is I love um, the symbolism for the lunar uh, the lunar and menstrual cycle. Yes, yes, I forgot, forgot about that, yep. It's so good. There's something, even though this movie is so stylized and so much of the set design is, like, really, um, like, unnatural and creepy looking, um, it's really relevant. Like, I remember, I, I grew up in a pretty small town, 
and I, it was kind of shitty, and I uh, felt a little bit suffocated sometimes, and I didn't like the people who lived there. And this movie was one of the ones that I watched a lot when I was a teenager, where I just kind of could relate to the angry, anti-establishment feelings um, that all come in this blanket of um, transforming, I guess, yeah, into adulthood. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm really, really excited to screen this movie tonight just because of the relevance that it has for female audience, um, the kind of erratic, um, unreasonable feelings that can come with hormones, um, especially when it's the first experience of it. Right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm really excited. We like, we got like a makeup artist to, uh, gore up our audience. And, um, we made a bunch of buttons that say uh, normal teenage girl and, got the curse and stuff like that. That's so cool. It's going to be really, really fun. Are you going to take um, a bunch also, of pictures and stuff or? For sure. We oh, also cool. got a uh, Karen Walton, the screenwriter. She's coming in for a Q and a. Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm so excited. That's cool. I have a question. Will you guys throw blood on any male that walks into the theater tonight? <laughs> I mean, if they want us to. Okay. I just didn't know if like, should men be afraid to go to the screening or? No, no. Never. Okay. All right. I'm just checking, you know? You feminists, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's a great pick for sure. So what's your number two? Okay, my number two is another one that people might, you know, um, people might, might yell at me about, but I don't know. I just love this movie. It's 2007's Trick or Treat, and the scene in particular is, um, well, let me preface this. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Trick or Treat. It's so worth your while to just turn this, like, skip ahead because this film um, has so many cool twists and turns, and especially what I'm about to talk about right now is, is like, a big twist in the movie um, mm -hmm. that it was one of the twists, like, and I love twists. I love movies with twists, TV shows with twists. It, like, I did not see this coming, and I'm pretty good usually at, like, figuring out a twist. I did no idea. Same, but, same. But when I now when I watch it, I love going back because there's so many things that um, – that that give clues to this twist in the film that's just unbelievable so anyway um if you if you haven't seen it go skip ahead but anyway so the scene that i'm talking about is the werewolves the girls um it's like the four girls and they're going out on halloween night and they're trying to you know very innocently they're like trying to meet guys and they're like hey we're gonna go to this party in the woods and you you know you have no idea what's going on there's like three of the girls are very aggressive and then you have anna paquin's character who's sort of intimidated and sort of less experienced. Right. And she's kind of like, you know, I don't know. I'm not, you know, she's like nervous about meeting guys and they're like, you just got to be yourself and be forceful. And, you know, but then it leads to this party later on in the film where the girls are all with the guys and it looks very innocent. They're drinking and stuff. And then Anna Paquin, um, is being stalked by this guy who is another character in the film, which is so clever with trick or treat because there's all these stories intertwine. It's amazing. I don't even know how they map this out, but um, this character comes and you think he's like a vampire and he's like stalking her. And then all of a sudden you see this guy like fall from a tree um, and all the girls are like, what's going on? And then Anna Paquin comes in and she's like, this is the guy that I brought to the party. And then you slowly start to realize that all the guys at this party are now dead. You know what I mean? And yeah. and all these women are really vampires. So there's like this cool like um, scene where she's talking to her one friend and she's like, um, she's like, I'm nervous. Like, um, 
I don't know what to do. And she's like, just be yourself. And then she gets on top of this guy. And then this is where like the editing happens. And it's really cool where you see all the girls, they start like the music swells up and all the girls are like doing this like sexy dance and then like ripping their clothes off. And then like, then their eyes are all freaky and the fangs and you're like, what are they vampires? What's going on? Then they start, they show Anna Paquin. I love the shot. She takes like her sharp fingernail and like cuts her skin on her back, like from mm-hmm. top to bottom. And then she pulls her back apart and it's like fur. And then like it hits you. They're like, oh my God, they're werewolves. And then they cut to all the girls and now they're like ripping their heads off. They're peeling their skin off like clothing and they're all werewolves like howling into the night. And then they're just like eating these guys. Um, I had no clue that this was going to happen. Um, and I don't know if you've watched this a couple of times, but when you go back and you think about, um, there's like a scene where they're, they're dressing, like they're in the costume shop and they're getting ready and they're talking about a party they had last year. And they basically say exactly what they do in the movie that they're like, we had those boys or something like that. They basically say that they're werewolves and it's like, (laughs) you watch it now and you're like, Oh my God, I'm so stupid. Like, how did I not know this? But it's so well written and so clever that you have no clue. You know what I mean? I really like the movie a lot. Like, I have some problems with uh, anthology movies. Yeah. Because I feel like they're never that cohesive. Like, there's always always the inherent flaw of the fact that one, like, part is going to be better than the next one. And then you just... I don't know. It's it's a weird pacing. But that movie has... It's great pacing. Every story I'm into... Um, I definitely, I didn't see the world thing coming. It's yeah. The fact that she's so virginal, like, yeah, that's the thing to be evil or it's, or it's so clever. The fact that that movie did not come out in theaters, it pisses me off so much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's so sad to think that audiences didn't have a chance to see that around Halloween in theaters. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I remember seeing the trailer for that. My and Matt and I were like, oh my God, this is going to be the greatest movie ever. And then Halloween came and went and we finally were like, where was trick or treat? You know? And then, you know, we read about how they shelved it and blah, blah, blah. And it's just sad, you know, because that would have been such a great experience for people. You know, that would be a great film for you to show at your theater. You know what I mean? Like, that's such mm-hmm. a good, like, theater experience kind of a film, you know? Yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah. What do you think about uh, his, his uh, the Krampus movie? That's the same director, Michael Doherty. He's doing that. Uh, oh, is that one? That's the one that's coming out? Yeah, it's like a Christmas movie about this, like, uh, like anti-Santa called Krampus. It's like an old, you know... Uh, oh, yeah. It's like I a think German I have a tale. for that, but oh, I, haven't, do you? I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> That's cool. You have to let me know. It looks good. I've seen the trailer. It looks pretty decent, you know? Yeah. So, um, and they got a good cast for it, too. So, yeah. So that was my number two. So let's hear yours. You're uh, word number one now, right? Yep. Boom. So my number one is from 1989, and it is a movie called Society. Okay. I've never... What is this? I have no idea. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, now I'm... I'm hesitant to spoil anything. <laughs> um, it is. It just came out uh, on like an Arrow release, and it's okay. a beautiful release. Um, the movie follows uh, this kid named Bill, and he's got like a wealthy family. He lives in California. Um, he's like popular. He's got a cute girlfriend, um, but he for some reason doesn't quite fit in with the crowd, the kind of like high society crowd. Okay. And uh, then his sister's ex-boyfriend gives him this recorded tape, and it's this, uh, like, disgusting uh, orgy, is what it sounds like on the thing. And then he kind of starts to become a little bit more paranoid, and uh, a lot of people kind of cite society as a, um, as, as Invasion of the Body Snatchers is, like, an inspiration for society. Okay. Even though in Invasion, they're trying 
or they're not trying to get him to become one of them. But in society, it's like they're trying to just like, oh, no, other way around. Sorry. They're trying to just like pull him into it. Um, but it's it's a wonderfully, uh, the special effects are disgusting. There's this orgy scene at the end of the movie that I guess I won't go into because you just have to see it. But it's gross. There is a part with a man where he comes through a butt. What? It's beautiful. It's there's beautiful. Also, <laughs> you twist it. There's also a scene where one guy gets um, fisted, and it comes out his mouth. So, oh my gosh! It's a really good movie. You should really check it out. That's cool. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely will. <laughs> it's gonna be my number one because it's. I don't know, it is like a, it's a really smart and like well written movie. Um, it kind of has. The, the the symbolism that you're looking for with uh, high society and rich people being this like amorphous, disgusting, incestuous blob. Because <laughs> I, I don't know, I, maybe it's like the peasant roots in me, but I just really hate rich people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but then it has the uh, the special effects to back it up, where it is hilarious and disgusting and yeah you gotta watch society <laughs> that's cool that's like uh i like i said i never even heard of that film and i'm hoping that people listening to this haven't heard of it too so that's a great number one because people can check it out it's like a a rare find for sure that's awesome definitely check it out <laughs> very cool i will so what's your number one my number one is definitely going to be another one where people are like you idiot mike what are you talking about <laughs> oh, but this man. is purely a nostalgic and this is kind of what like when i was a kid kicked me into like my love of werewolf films and that kind of stuff and it's 1985's teen wolf <laughs> amazing of course <laughs> i love teen wolf i just love it it's like always you know just been like a soft spot you know in my heart but um uh, I just love it. I love Michael J. Fox. Anything he does, I'm like obsessed with. And, um, when this movie came out, I think I saw it. I think we were talking about this in one of the other podcasts, but I was obsessed with back to the future and back to the future and Teen Wolf came out around the same time. Mm. So I think I saw back to the future like 13 times in theaters because <laughs> I loved it. And my parents were so annoyed because they're like, I'm like, could you take me to the movies? They're like, what are you going to see? I'm like back to the future. Like you <laughs> saw that like eight times already. P.S. We're screening Back to the Future at my theater. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm actually going with my son. Um, they're doing a triple feature at a theater by me um, on October 21st. You know, that's the date that Marty right, goes yeah, to the future. So yeah. we're going to go to the triple feature. We're going to see all three. So I'm like super pumped. And I'm like, nice. I'm like, Mikey, get ready for a late night because it's going to be a late one. It's like right <laughs> after school, you know, so I'm going to like take them and go. So it should be cool. But uh, anyway, so what I was saying was in my 13 viewings of Back to the Future, I broke and saw Teen Wolf. I was like, all right, I'll go see Teen Wolf, you know, because it's Michael J. Fox and like became completely obsessed with that film as well. But I love the scene where Scott first transforms, not only because, you know, it's cool effects and stuff and it's like clever editing, almost like American Werewolf and other films that we talked tonight. Um, but then it has like a kind of a funny payoff at the end where you see the dad. <laughs> I love where his dad's kind of like, Scott, are you okay? Open the door. And he's like, dad, no, you don't understand. And then he opens the door and you see the dad and he's like, <clears throat> excuse me. He's like the most like cuddle, cuddly, like werewolf I've ever seen in my life. He's like, doesn't look scary at all. He's like this furry, like smiley, like, hmm, Hey Scott. Um, it just always cracked me up. I'm like, this guy is like supposed to be like a ferocious werewolf, you know, I'm like, right. It's so funny. But, um, 
I just love the, uh, you know, like I said, the editing, you know, it kind of cuts to like quick shots of like his face and like his hands and his fingernails. Then they have like some prosthetics like under skin, like the pulsing eyebrows. Um, and they do this really cool shot where they show his ear and his, um, his ears like pointy, like a werewolf. And you see his hair growing, like his hair is just kind of like pushing past his ear, which when you think about it, it's such a simple trick because you have like a fake ear right over his ear. And then you just have hair and it's such a tight shot that literally someone's probably just pushing hair past his ear. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just looks like, like hair's growing, you know? Um, and then you have the great line where he says like, geez, Louise, like I just, you know, like little things like that. I just love, um, but it's just one of those films. I love it since I was a kid and it really got me into werewolves. And like from that movie, I went and saw the howling and, you know, American werewolf, um, even the original, you know, werewolf, which, you know, I'd like to mention was definitely on my list. It's just kind of the outside of my list just cause it's not a movie that, um, I saw when I was younger. It was kind mm-hmm. of like a movie I saw later on, you know, after seeing this team wolf, you know, um, and wasn't like super impressed with it. Cause it's just kind of like a goofy universal right. horror film, right. but it's just kind of fun, but it's not definitely doesn't need to make this list. But, um, yeah, it's just a great, great film that reminds me of my childhood, and I, I love seeing Michael J. Fox's Werewolf, you know? Wicked. Yeah, so there you go. So that's our... T- you dressed up as Teen Wolf one time for Halloween, right? Last, last year, yeah. 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 And my, my wife was Boof, because she, like, she couldn't think of a costume. She's like, ah, oh, I'll just be Boof. So she put on the wig, and then she had, like, a shirt that we, like, cut, you know, and we put, like, right. like red, like, claw marks on her back, you know, like, after the scene where they go to... Uh, what is it like 10 minutes in heaven or whatever, or seven minutes in heaven or whatever they do. So, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I love them. So it's actually, that was the second time I was Teen Wolf. I was Teen Wolf (laughs) years before too. So I'm pretty obsessed. So yeah, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it was a great, great list. Um, I'm excited. Hopefully everyone enjoyed it and we will take any of your emails that you hate (laughs) our list or, or not, you know, but, uh, so yeah, so that's good. So, so besides all the crazy stuff you're doing, like I expect like in November, you'll just crash and just like finally get to sleep. Um, yeah, I hope so. Uh, so Toronto after dark starts tomorrow and that's up until the 23rd. And I'm covering the whole thing for Horror Talk. Um, Tron After Dark also has 4 a.m. last call after parties. Oh, so my gosh. I'm probably going to go to a lot of those, and I'm probably wow. going to be dead. <laughs> it's going to be great. Wow. Um, and then after that, um, I mean, there's just a bunch of little events that I want to go to, and I'm working at the Rumor Party. And then November is the Blood in the Snow Film Festival, which is a weekend. And then I can sleep and maybe see my family sometimes. <laughs> there you go. And you just had your Thanksgiving, right? Isn't Canadian Thanksgiving? I did, yeah. That's cool. Um, so did you see your family for that? Yeah. My dad came into the city after I was done work and picked me up. And then I got to spend the day with them. And I ate a lot, like a ridiculous <laughs> amount. But it was, it was glorious. <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. When That's, is American Thanksgiving? Uh, the November 25th. Nice. So we have some time, yeah. But I'm gonna be jealous. <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be good. We always go nuts, you know, and just eat like you know crazy. Of course, as us Americans do, you know. Yeah, we. I ate some because I haven't. I mean, I'm like a twenty-something living in the city on my own, so I don't like eat a lot anymore. Right, right. <laughs> and going home and eating that much food, I was like, I'm gonna die. Like, yeah, I can't. <laughs> this is ridiculous. You're gonna burst. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You you live on beer and coffee, right? Basically, literally. <laughs> That's it, like, right? Something 
it's not those two things, then my stomach is like, what are you doing? Yeah, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> Sustenance. What? I don't understand. What is that? <laughs> awesome. So how, how can people find you online, Rochelle? Just I know we've mentioned it before, but go ahead and shoot it out um, there. My Instagram is rcharkot, C-H-A-R-K-O-T. Um, you can totally add me on Facebook if you want to. I don't really care. <laughs> I also have a website, which I never update, but I plan to at some point, which is rochellecharcot.com. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all around. <laughs> yeah. And look for Rochelle. Like I always pick up Rue Morgue and see that, you know, your contributor there. And I always point to my friends like, that's my friend Rochelle. She wrote that. <laughs> so great. So yeah. And then uh horror talk, right. You write for them as well. Yeah. Yeah. All the Toronto after dark stuff will be on there. So I'm looking forward to that. That's cool. Well, uh, yeah. And anybody listening, you can, you know, if you, if you don't know already, our Instagram is alone in the dark podcast. We're on Twitter as alone in the dark P and we're also on Facebook. If you search for us there, you can find us, but, um, Rochelle, I hope you, uh, have a great last couple of weeks and a happy Halloween. I'm sure I'll probably talk to you before then and we'll, uh, have to do another one real soon. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Thanks Rochelle. No problem. Thanks. It's Miller time. Miller time. Miller time.